When I was about eight, I was visiting my dad when his neighbor invited us over to see the chupacabra remains they found while somewhere in South America. Yes, a dead chupacabra. And to be honest, I was young and it very well could have been some elaborate prank on me and my brother, but this little demon-looking creature's corpse looked so real and so strange that it really scared me. My second experience happened with my family while camping in the Sequoia Forest. While sitting around a campfire, my mother is staring into the sky and tells us all to look. We look up to see some sort of asymmetrical V-light pattern in the sky moving very rapidly. The UFO was very large and high up, and shortly after it passed, about five jets flew after it. My last story may make me sound crazy, but it still scares me to think about it to this day. I was traveling home from my friend's house when I was about 18 at about 1.30 am. I was about two blocks away from my apartment when a mountain lion walked in front of my car. Now granted, I grew up in a small town in the middle of a desert where there were mountain lions. You just never saw them anywhere in the city. I was super stoked on seeing this cougar dude while being protected by my car, so I pulled up into the yard he had walked into and pulled out my cell phone to take a picture like any other 18-year-old would. Well, the cougar looks up and stares me straight in the eyes. It really made me uneasy and distracted me from my picture taking. I noticed movement in my rear view mirror, and suddenly a large black object rammed into my car. I pulled my car up further into the yard instinctively, noticed the mountain lion had disappeared, and so I reversed and got out of there. I was noticeably shaken and had the worst feeling in my stomach when I got home. I shut and locked every door and window and called my friend James. I'm almost certain it's a skinwalker at this point because I'm almost half Navajo and grew up hearing the stories. As I talk to him about it, he gets rear-ended by a drunk driver at a stoplight. Skinwalkers are known to cause bad luck if looked at in the eyes, and I've convinced myself that's why that happened. My friend's girlfriend's dad owns hectares of forest full of maple syrup trees, which he collects and sells, of course. He built a decent shack smack in the middle of it. I mean, literally in the middle of bum nowhere. So he convinced his father-in-law to let him use it for one night with some friends. We are six boys chilling, drinking bruskies, having a blast. Nothing crazy, just a cool, chill night. My buddy is telling us about this new chick he's seeing and telling us how he banged her blah blah. While he's saying this, I look out the window directly behind me. I don't know why I did it. I just did, and I did a double take. I am, at this point, on the brink of shitting my pants. I see three pairs of eyes roughly 100 meters away, roughly 7 to 10 feet off the ground, and they're big, abnormally big. I keep staring. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. And then it happens. They all simultaneously blink but not horizontally. A squeal escapes my mouth. I am shitting my pants at this point and I don't want to turn around and tell everybody only for these eyes to disappear, so I keep staring frozen in fear at these eyes lurking at me. 
Finally, after three minutes of staring, one of my friends is like, dude, what are you looking at? And I say, guys, come look at this. My friend says, dude. I say, in that voice where you know somebody is not screwing around and is in actual distress, guys, come look out the window with me. They all hustle over to the window, and they all immediately see what I'm seeing. Dude, bro homie, WTF, that's some freaky stuff, it's A slash an XYZ so my friend says, yay, my girlfriend's dad said it's not uncommon to see wild animals and that he has a hunting rifle but it's locked with a trigger lock and the shells are hidden away, both of which he would not give us access to. However, he did inform him of some hunting knives stashed somewhere. Guys, I'll be right back. I'm going to get the knives just in case. At this point, I haven't mentioned the whole eye blinking thing, as maybe again, I'm seeing things and being a schizo. As my friend is looking for the knives, everyone is fixated on these big, close, threatening eyes. And when it happens, they all blink simultaneously, vertically, and six-sevenths saw it. We're all going buck wild. We're going crazy. Well, it feels like prayer and we're being challenged. The eyes are still lurking. We start talking about what we should do, ignore them, observe them, or confront them. Obviously, young men with some booze in them, a confrontation is what you can expect. So four sevenths has a knife and we decide to go outside and holler at these three things. We start yelling, cursing, threatening things as we get closer and closer. We start getting more and more aggressive, louder and louder. Then, the three pairs of eyes slowly and vertically close their eyes and disappear in the dark of the forest. We run our asses back inside. Someone was always keeping watch until the next morning. When we walked over, armed as a group, to the spot we thought the objects were, braver in the light of day. Nothing, zero, zilch. I still cannot explain this phenomenon to this day. My family and I go on Bigfoot expeditions a couple times a year. Yes, like the show. Finding Bigfoot. My family knows Matt Moneymaker personally, and also, yes, that's his birth name. We went on expeditions with him before the show was ever even thought of. One of the cameramen from that show even stayed at my house once. But anyway, here's my story. We were in the mountains of West Virginia on an expedition. There was our team, which consisted of four people, and a few other teams scattered around the woods. The area we were camped out in was a giant, clear circle with pine trees surrounding everything. Matt Moneymaker always said, if there's a Bigfoot around, you'll wake up or you will know. We lived off of this logic, so two of the teammates immediately set their stuff down and went to sleep. I was holding a thermal camera, people who do this stuff are actually extremely educated and have quite a bit of money. One of the head guys running this expedition is a doctor, I scanned the area with a camera, saw nothing, and passed it along to look at the stars. That was my favorite part because you could see every star where we were and it was amazing. About 20 minutes later, 
the two people that were asleep woke up at the same time due to a horrid smell only comparable to sewage. One of them started texting the other group, telling them we may have something. At this point, they started to make their way back to us. They were about a half mile down the trail. About three minutes later, the man I handed the thermal camera off to asked me if the trail wrapped around, or went off somewhere else. I wasn't sure because where we were was as far as I had gone down into the woods. I asked why he asked, and he said it looked like someone was leaning up against a tree, maybe sleeping or taking a piss. I took the camera and looked, and sure enough, exactly 25 yards away, we measured the next day, there was a humanoid figure. However, it wasn't leaning against anything. I could tell right away that it was staring dead at me. I passed the camera back to the guy, and we did this for about 5 minutes. Eventually he got it back, and he said, oh, it's gone. I got the camera back, only to see nothing there. And then all of a sudden, bam. It stood up. I was watching it and about this time, it disappeared one last time, and the other group came over to meet us. The trail kinda got close to where the thing was standing and the group had scared it off. A few members of the other group heard it take a few steps off into the woods, and then silence. At the time, we guessed it to be about 5-6 inches, maybe 6. We went back the next day and we learned it had to have been at least 8-4 inches. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I hope at least someone reads this. Growing up, I had a friend who lived on a dairy farm. It was pretty badass. His family had a front-end loader that they used to mix the cow feed in a giant trailer-slash-blender thing pulled by a tractor. This was pretty much his setup. He had a dirt bike track in the back of his property that was built on a cow graveyard. If a cow died, they had to bury it, so he figured he might as well make a jump while he's at it. We were out really late one night and he decided to get a jump on his dairy responsibilities for the next morning, so we were cutting the twain off of new bales of hay. There was a lot. It was stacked like 12 feet in the air, and there were multiple stacks. While we were cutting the rope, 
We both heard a rustling just on the other side of the stacks we were currently cutting. We thought maybe it was a coyote or something, so we both decided to investigate. Two bulletproof teens with box cutters could totally take a pack of coyotes. What we saw was unsettling. A very dark silhouette of a four-legged creature that stood about shoulder height, on all fours, peering right back at us with glowing red eyes. The shape of its head was about the size of a large man, but it looked more like a dog or horse head without the snout. The eyes didn't actually glow, mind you, but they had an intense enough shade to see in the low light. On the other side of the same bale was a long, wispy, snake-like tail. It just stared at us for what seemed like an eternity, but was probably more like three seconds. Needless to say, we booked it for the front-end loader and slammed the door closed, these things have enough room for one guy. He turned it on and drove into, smashed, scraped, and loaded all of the hay in a messy rush and scooped it all into the giant blender, as fast as possible, in a very bizarre fight-or-flight reflex. Apparently, there was blood in the feed we mixed, I heard this from my friend later on, as I went home soon afterwards. He told his dad all of this, and he said that it was probably just a snake, and the rest was in our imagination. I stand by that memory as a true one, to this day. We are still friends, and half-jokingly refer to that night as the night we killed the chupacabra. A few years back, I was in a house we had rented on the outskirts of a boonie town just a few months prior. It had a welcoming feeling at first and then quickly changed to creepy. I went from loving it there to not staying in any room alone no matter if it was day or night. The landlord lived a few doors down, so I kind of brushed it off as being uncomfortable with that. Then I started hearing loud noises, seeing things out of the corner of my eye, and having drawers open when no one was near them. I brushed it off as weird but tolerable. Perhaps the foundation was tipped, I was just paranoid, whatever made me feel better at the time. But about 10 months after moving in, I was at my computer late one night after everyone else had gone to bed, and I heard creaking and the sound of drawers opening. It freaked me out, but I just stayed at the computer. A half hour later, I heard the same thing again but also saw a shadow pass by my doorway. At this point, I'm completely freaked out and turn on every light in the house, but I find nothing. I sat back down at the computer only to hear a knock on my now closed door. An internal horror movie scream. But I checked it and saw no one. Give up, walk down the hall to the other room, and go to wake up because this thing is messed up. Their entire room is filled with smoke from the ceiling to waist high. I tried to wake them. I remember it so vividly, them not stirring, just rolling over, refusing to get up. I started to panic and poured water on them from the bedside table. They were roused but I think they had mild CO poisoning and didn't understand my concern. We didn't see any flames anywhere but knew we needed to be outside and call the fire department. One of them grabbed a basket of fresh laundry at the end of their bed, I guess trying to save it and immediately dropped it. 
Under the top layer were flames. We beat it with towels and poured water on it. It went out. The fire department came and determined it was safe to go back in and said spontaneous combustion was to blame. I firmly believe there was some kind of something living in that house with us that didn't like us there. But I'm also 100% certain it tried to warn me. We moved out two months later. Nothing incredibly eventful happened after that. I told a few friends right after it happened and no matter what facts I gave them, they laughed off saying we did something to start it, I was hearing things, it's an old house, it just makes sounds, so I stopped telling people. Even now, I get this deep, horrifying feeling of someone watching me and hating me when I think of that incident. I have had a Class B Bigfoot sighting. It's kind of an oxymoron because a Class B sighting doesn't have to be a sighting, but instead can be a sound that is Bigfoot related. Three friends and I were in the Gifford Pinchot National Park outside Randall, Washington, up some forest roads, having not seen a single car for 45 minutes, this was winter-ish. We heard the rapid smacking together of big sticks, almost logs, apparently common for Bigfoot. You could tell their size by the low sound, and the size of the creature wielding them by the short length of time in which they were hitting. We thought they sounded really close, so we ran to the car and drove off quickly. People mostly ask if the B in Class B stands for BS or some other hilarious thing. I believe in Bigfoot, but I don't really talk about it anymore. I really identify with that weaker taunt song. I was about 11 years old. I lived in a trailer park, and was walking across a field fairly early in the morning on a winter day, and the sky was overcast with grey clouds. I saw a faint, jittering spotlight on the ground, but nothing in the sky to create it. After checking the sky, I looked back down at it and saw it was jittering around over me now. I looked back up and saw an infinitesimally small jet black dot. The dot very rapidly dilated and appeared to be moving toward me, but I don't think it actually moved. Prismatic lights poured out of the holes or dots in the shape of small branches, in a way that looked similar to a feather. Within that, Another black dot formed that was immediately filled by a large translucent orb with many small geometric shapes moving around inside of it. The orb was surrounded by illuminated dust-shaped like tentacles, and the particulates were sparking, as if small electric signals were coursing through them. The tentacles congealed into one and enveloped me. I couldn't move my eyes or even my body and felt like I was levitating. It seized control of my vision and proceeded to communicate with me via my mind's eye, for lack of a better word. Afterward, I fell to the ground and felt like I was on fire. There was no wind, yet I saw wind moving the grass and trees. I felt a release, and suddenly it was very cold and I began to emit steam and began crying like a little girl for a very long time. Months later, I noticed where this had occurred. The grass never became green again. 
I didn't tell anyone for nearly a decade because I was afraid due to the nature of the vision and the highly conservative religious environment of my town. I'm not sure how this qualifies as paranormal or extraterrestrial, in some ways, it appeared to be both at the same time. I won't go into the implications of what I saw, but I did later come across an ancient Catholic mural that I believe represented it. It was a symbol of a seraphim angel, represented by an eye with six wings around it. I've never met anyone with a similar story. Shadow people. I saw these things tall, slender, black shadowy figures for the first 10 to 11 years of my life. They're quite peaceful, really, as none of them were ever hostile toward me and typically avoided being looked at. I would usually see them out of the corner of my eye, but they were still prominent enough that I knew it wasn't my vision. I slept on the top bunk, and I would regularly see one at the head of my bed, which would vanish half a second after I looked at it. My weirdest experience was watching a fat pregnant woman in a brown coat walking down the sidewalk toward the intersection and turning into one. That kinda messed me up when I was 10, and I watched the figure for a few seconds dead on, my most clear vision of one. Then it vanished, and I looked back, and it was the woman again, but now walking in the opposite direction. There is definitely some sort of glitch in the matrix. I'm fairly sure they were location-based, as I moved away at 11 and I've only seen them a couple times since. I told my mom when I was 12 while in the car, and she laughed like it was BS, until my younger sister admitted to having seen them as well. It was weird all those years, but I likely excused it because I had grown up around them and knew they didn't want to hurt me. I had something massive, and walking on two legs, I walked up to my camp after 3 am. It stood just inside the tree line, about 40 yards away, just out of the campfire light. Something up the hill to my left snapped a limb so there were two of them. When I tried to open a nearby tent to get a camera, it took off. Most people make fun of me and say, oh, do you go snipe hunting too? But people who know me well know I didn't make it up. I don't know what it was, but I think it was a couple of Bigfoot. My mother and I were watching Jaws back in like 2005, late one night, like around 10 PM or something. It was the summer holidays, so I didn't have to worry about school or anything. We heard someone knocking on our door, and we lived in an apartment complex and figured it was one of the neighbors, or our cousins who lived across the parking lot from us. My mother opened the door, and I went with her since the kitchen was beside the door to grab a snack. We both instantly felt uncomfortable near the door, and I could see she was talking to a kid who couldn't have been any older than 7 years old, and he was asking to come in because he couldn't find his mother and he was persistent in coming on. For some reason, my mother and I were like dead set on refusing to let him in. So, she offered to hand him her phone. He nodded, and she went to grab her phone from her desk, and when she came back, he was gone. 
My mother was freaked out, and so was I. She told me the part that made her most uncomfortable was that his eyes were completely black, but she played it off as some trick of the light. Eventually, a few years later, I was reading about urban legends, myths, and the supernatural, and I came across something called black-eyed children and nearly shattered myself. Then, come to find out, said apartment complex was built on an Indian burial ground to boot. I used to work the night shift, about 45 minutes away from where I lived. At the time, I was renting a farmhouse in the country, near some railroad tracks that crossed the road that led to the main highway. So, around 10 p.m. One summer night, I got into my car and started to drive down the road to work. As I approached the railway crossing, I saw a guy walking and crossing the road about 50 feet ahead of me. I slowed down to give him time to cross, but noticed that he was pitch black in color, like a living shadow. I stopped the car about 20 feet away from it. My car's headlights did not reveal any colors or features of the form. It took no notice of me, it just walked at a regular walking speed from the left side of the road towards the right side. However, as it crossed the road in front of me, it began to dissolve and turn indistinct, and when it had moved about three quarters of the way across the road, it was just a shadowy dark mist that then disappeared. I sort of blinked a few times, and looked out of the side window to see if there was any indication that it had reached the other side, but there was nothing to show it had ever been there. I continued to go to work and tried to process what I saw. When I told a friend about it later, she was taken aback and was agitated. Apparently, a friend of hers from high school had been walking down that stretch of railway while wearing headphones and a Walkman, didn't hear a train approaching, and was struck and killed about 10 feet away from that road intersection. This happened a few months ago. I was leaving my girlfriend's mom's house after hanging out most of the evening. She lives pretty far out, but not really in the middle of nowhere. Lots of trees. There are back roads I take to get to my apartment, but there are still a few houses. Before I got to the first turn I normally take, I saw four or five really bright lights barely above the tree line. These weren't like spotlights. They almost looked like they were burning with white hot fire. I never could get a great look, as the tree line kept covering them up. I tried to take different turns in their direction, but they'd be gone when I started looking for them. Some shrugged it off. About five minutes down the road, I saw them again. Same as before, but the same distance away, as if they'd moved. But as I kept driving and looking for them, I lost them. I tried to explain it to my girlfriend after I got home, but she didn't believe me. So a little background, my mom has always been sensitive to dreams. For lack of a better term, she would have dreams and what she dreamt would come true. One night, she dreamt that she was in her old church in Mexico. It was dark inside 
Only a few candles lit the church inside. She told me that she was standing in front of a coffin. She didn't know who died, but she did feel very sad in her dream. A week later, we got a call. My grandma tells her that one of her uncles died in an accident. Fast forward a few years, and at this time I'm living in Oklahoma. I've been gone for about a year, and I've decided to take some time off and go back home to visit my mom in Arizona. I planned on surprising her. No one knew that I was coming. On the night before I'm scheduled to fly back I got a phone call from my mom. We have a pleasant hour-long discussion. Before we ended our conversation, she told me that she had a dream about me. She tells me that I was there in town to see her, and she goes on to describe her dream to me in detail. Fast forward a few more years. At this time, I've recently moved back to Arizona. I had my own place, and I had keys to my mother's house, which I visited on occasion. On one of my visits, she greets me with a hug and then immediately yanks the sleeve of my shirt up past my shoulder. She is enraged by the dingy backyard tattoo I had on my shoulder. She looks up at me and all she says is oh my god I knew it. Apparently, she had dreamt a few nights before of a tattoo on my left shoulder that I had gotten back when I was in Oklahoma. My mom is against me having tattoos, and that was my one and only tattoo. It's very small and I often forget that it's there. It's also high enough on my arm that my t-shirts cover it up. Now that the background info is out, here's where things get creepy. My mom started to have some very odd dreams around the time I returned from Oklahoma. They were all about an old man. In these dreams, jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. She tells me that she was just watching the old man live his life in the trailer she was living in at the time. This trailer was a large single wide one-bedroom trailer. After a few days of these dreams, she started hearing things at night. She initially heard soft footsteps, soft creaks, and other strange noises. As time went on, the sounds would get louder and more defined. She would hear loud footsteps walking around in the kitchen area of the trailer. She would hear her cabinets open, glasses and dishes clink together. She would hear the toilet flush and chairs shuffling. They progressed like this to the point that she was now hearing them during the day. She thought she was going crazy until one afternoon. She said it was probably around two in the afternoon. She was caring for one of my stepfather's grandchildren. His grandchild was probably around four years old at the time. He was sitting on the floor in the bedroom by the door. My mom was also in the bedroom laying down watching TV. The bedroom is in the very back of the trailer, and the way it was set up, she had her bed against the wall that separates the bedroom from the rest of the trailer. She would lie down with her head against that wall facing the back of the trailer. Well, she heard the front door open and close and she heard heavy footsteps. I was walking around the kitchen area. She looked towards my dad's grandson and noticed that he was looking in the direction of the sounds as if he had heard them too. He had a full view unobstructed view of the whole trailer. He sat there and stared the whole time until the noises stopped. He then looked at my mom and innocently told my mom it's not Juan. For your information, my name is Juan. My mom told me she freaked the F out. She stood up and ran into the other half of the trailer, only to see nothing. She continued to hear these noises and have all these weird dreams about the old man up until she sold that trailer and moved across town with my stepdad. She hasn't heard any noises or had any dreams about the old man since then. I was right around 12 years old the first time I experienced a Ouija board. There were four of us in the house, myself, my childhood friend, 13 meters, and our mothers, who were best friends. I had known Lee since I was in my mother's belly. They were staying with us for a short time in our small house, and most of their personal belongings were stacked in boxes in the basement. Our moms were sitting over cards and coffee in the dining room. Lee and I were sitting on the family room floor in their line of sight. He had told me about previous scary experiences he had had with the board that I found hard to believe, especially stories of how he had tried to get rid of the board but it always came back. He was hesitant to break out the board, and I was hesitant to believe there was any truth to it. So, we made an agreement. He would break out the board and, as we used it, we would ask our questions silently in our heads, not out loud. I was made to believe pretty quickly. Sure, yes or no questions are easy to manipulate. But how could he possibly have any idea of how to spell out words and then complete sentences in answer to the questions I thought? 
I certainly wasn't faking any answers. I asked some typical teen questions, does he love me? Yes. Will we be married? No, who will I marry? Just like your father, a rotten scumbag. I seem to remember a whole series of expletives beyond that describing my husband that had us wide-eyed and laughing in shock. We asked so many questions for a long time. We'd try to figure out who we were talking to, but it didn't like those kinds of questions. We did get terrified. All the lights would repeatedly flash off and on. The planchette would race across the board quickly at times. We heard a loud crash from the basement, and we all went down together to find the stacks of boxes strewn across the floor, directly below us. I felt tears welling up inside at the memory. Lee asked when he would die. I honestly can't remember the exact age it said, I just remember it was young, too young. I was told I would die at 87. I'm halfway there. Later that same night, my mother and I got on the Ouija board together, and we did it in a similar fashion with silent questions, although we did start asking out loud. This spirit was of a different nature than the previous. He told us, basically, his name was Otto, he was from Oslo, and he was in limbo waiting for his son. He had been driving drunk and his son was crippled. He was killed, and he was sad for what he had done. My friend Lee died at 36. My heart was ripped out of me and crushed when he died. Eventually, I was able to piece much of it back together again. I did marry that no good rotten bastard who beat my kids. 1.5 years into the marriage, I learned he had killed his first wife and dumped her body in the river. I never touched nor looked twice at a Ouija board after that day, and I warned anyone who talked about it, especially my children. Once in grade school, I saw a very thin man walking among the metal drums of an industrial yard that was adjacent to the school grounds. It was like it was made of high-voltage cable, just as thin, black, like matte black, and, I presume, rubbery. It had no joints, but there was a differentiated head portion that was at a different angle than the rest of its body and slightly thicker, like the head of a match. It was too far away to grasp any other details, but I have the distinct impression that it had fingers. I was about nine and really didn't talk with anyone about that, but many, many years later, when I watched the Salad Fingers animation, I was reminded of that immediately, because it was touching everything with curiosity and delight, or that's what its body language conveyed, at least. Now, I know I did not see a dragon. But I have no explanation for what this could have been, and dragon is the closest description. A few weeks ago, there was supposed to be a meteor shower in our area, so several friends and I went to the park to see if we could see anything. We saw one or two, but my friend and I saw something else at the same time. There was something flying in the sky. It was a gray color, just a few shades lighter than the sky. I couldn't quite tell what size it was, as it was a fairly good distance above us. It was flying at a steady height and, at times, 
would shift directions. The thing had very very long wings that flapped slowly and consistently. There were no lights or other distinctive features that we could make out. The body, or middle of the wings, seemed small in comparison to the wings. We watched this thing for 20 minutes before finally losing sight of it. I still have no idea what it could have been. It's probably an owl or bat, but I've never seen an animal act like that. It was very odd. One summer night, my friends and I were out having a bonfire in the middle of this field. I looked up at the sky and saw this transparent crescent flying through the sky at a very high rate of speed. I say transparent because you could see the sky behind it, but you could see light bending around the object and making the crescent outline. It was completely silent too. I got the attention of a couple of my friends, who then saw it and kind of freaked out. Then, in a burst of speed, it flew over some trees. It was pretty creepy because it was so fast and silent, so we had no idea what it was. I ended up telling my girlfriend and she said that she had seen something similar once, so I felt relieved knowing I wasn't crazy. I love astronomy. I don't get to be in the country often, but when I am, I look forward to looking up at the clear sky for hours and hours. When I was a bit younger, me and a group of friends, four to six, would hike up a mountain, 400 meters, and camp on the top of the mountain for the night. It was really cool. Well, one time, as the fire was dying out and the last person awake with me finally called it quits and headed to his tent, I stayed up a bit longer looking at the crystal clear sky. I know what a satellite looks like. I know what a comet looks like. There was a star in between the brightness of the close stars and the faraway stars that are only visible with little to no light pollution, and I only caught it because I looked at patches of the sky at a time looking for anything. This star was slowly, if you will, moving between the other visible stars and the gaps between the visible stars in a random pattern, as if it was trying to avoid touching the other visible stars. I looked away and back half a dozen times to make sure I wasn't being schizo and there it was doing the same thing. I looked away and back again and I could not find it. Odd. I cannot explain this phenomenon to this day. I was laying in bed at night and I saw something in the corner of my room, maybe 10 feet away. I figured it was the shadow of the tree playing tricks on me with the street light outside. At that moment, I turned on my bedside lamp and saw that it didn't disappear. No, it was a cloaked figure about 4 feet tall in the corner of my room facing away from me bobbing its head left and right with its elbows kind of up and to the side moving opposite of its head. I was dumbfounded and got up from my bed and walked closer to it to see that it was real cloth and a tangible character. At that point, I realized what was happening and started screaming like bloody murder. My dad, who was on call for IT that night, heard my shouts and screams and rushed to my room. As soon as my door opened, it vanished. After that, I slept with the light on for the next five years or so.
My parents went to the point of play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Placing lighting timers without me knowing. But as soon as I'd wake up in the middle of the night and realize the lights were off, I'd remove the timers. The story gives my brother, who was four years older, the heebie-jeebies to this day. His room was next to mine. The next story happened when I was 22 and riding my motorcycle home from Chicago to visit friends and was still living with my parents in rural Illinois. We lived at the time near Cuba and Rainbow Road, known to be one of the most haunted areas in Illinois. As I was riding home north on a law, mind you I was under the influence of no substance whatsoever, I saw a bright light in the sky. It was bizarre. It wasn't the moon or a telecommunications tower, but just a bright light. Nothing like a star, I'm an amateur astronomer. As I turned on to Cuba, the light seemed to accelerate in my side view mirrors and then split into six or seven seven different balls of light and form a triangle, rapidly approaching me so I rode it even faster. When I turned on to Rainbow Road, the lights flew off away from me and I was quite startled when I got home and called a friend. The following week, I told a few others and they sent me local news reports of others seeing the same thing. For the record, I don't believe in ghosts and I'm typically quite skeptical of almost anything. I have a BS in psych and typically draw the line at what's easily explainable, but that thing freaked me out. I couldn't sleep and my friends didn't like what they heard. For whatever reason, I had a bizarre feeling like something was trying to come back to me, and I don't even believe that something exists, but I have no other way to explain it, except for what I saw that night. I'm a smoker, and I usually smoke in my backyard on my deck. I live in the suburbs and there is plenty of light pollution. You can barely see any stars. One night, I'm talking to my girlfriend while smoking, and I notice a bright light ahead at about 65 degrees, so it's really high in the sky. I live about 30 kilometers from a small airport, so I'm used to seeing planes overhead coming in for landing. But this light was bright, really bright and not moving. So right away I think it's a planet, so I tell my wife to hold on for a second and I take my Go Sky Watch app out and calibrate it and scan the object. Now I know it's not super accurate, but it's reasonably reliable, 
So I point my phone at the object and try to match it with something. Nothing, not even on the same plane as the planets. Weird. So I try to see if it can accurately point out the moon but the moon is only visible at the front of my house at this time, past 2am, so I'm like, F this. I run to the front and no problem, the moon is where it should be and the app is precise to within a couple of pixels. So at this point, I'm puzzled. I'm walking back around my house to the backyard and I cannot spot this bright object. So I go back to my spot and look up and there it is. So I move my body with my eyes fixed on the object and it disappears as if it's slowly going out of phase depending on the angle and location I look at it. I'm tripping out and I'm explaining this to my girlfriend. She thinks I'm nuts, and maybe I am, but I tested this by trying to see it from multiple locations in my backyard, and I can only properly see it from a small area on my deck. I'm chain smoking at this point, and I'm still talking to my girlfriend, and it's been almost an hour at this point. I'm observing this object. If this object was fixed to the sky, my in-phase observational vantage point should shift along with it, right? Nope, same exact location. I won't go into detail, but I tested this as well. I give up, it's not doing anything, and I go to bed. I still don't know how to explain this phenomenon. When I was 16, my friend and I were driving around in his car late at night, probably around midnight. We were on neighborhood roads in Colorado, where it gets very dark at night. There were no street lights and some dimly lit houses tucked away in the trees. As we took a turn, we both gasped at the same time as a small girl in a white dress ran out in front of the car. She was moving very fast, and it looked like we hit her. But there was no sound. We were super spooked but checked around, fearing we could have hurt her, but there was nothing. There were no other cars or people around at all. I still get chills to this day thinking about it, and writing this story makes me feel weird. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I have no other way to explain it. I have a weird one that is basically a UFO, or at least that's the only way I can explain it. I was up in Northern California, north of the wine country, where I used to live. I was out late one night after a party, sobering up. Around 3.30 AM. When I was thinking I was sober enough to head home, while just stargazing, I saw what I thought was a particularly bright shooting star. Came in from the western horizon, was bright crimson red, and left a painfully bright trail behind it. It got to just short of 90 degrees straight up from me, and made a right angle turn. No loss in apparent speed, no apparent debris along the original trail, it was going fast, no sound, so it had to be high up there, crossing the sky from horizon to apex in a few seconds. Humans don't have craft that can do that, and I can't think of a way that a natural phenomenon could replicate it. I've never gotten much of a reaction from telling it. It's just something really unusual I saw. In 1996, 
I was staying with my family at my uncle's house in Big Sur, California. His house overlooked the Pacific Ocean. It was beautiful. One night, my cousin and I, we were about 16 and 19 years old, were sitting on the porch at around 10 p.m. just looking at the stars and listening to the ocean. We could see some lights out in the ocean, which we thought were perhaps boats. All of a sudden, we see a flash across the sky. We thought there was a storm coming or something. Anyway, after the flash, we noticed that the lights in the ocean, which we thought were boats, were gone. We kept chatting and stargazing, and I noticed that one of the stars was red. I pointed it out to my cousin, and we both thought it was kind of strange. About five minutes later, we noticed that the red star was a lot closer and had turned into about five red stars, shaped like a triangle, and it was spinning fast. It was hovering above the ocean. The strange thing was, there was no sound. I'd estimate the object was less than a mile away when it was above the ocean, so we would have heard something, and it flew over our heads. You can imagine that my cousin and I told the rest of the family, and they all came out and witnessed the event. To this day we don't know what it was, but we suspect it was a UFO. This will sound like a crazy story, and I don't doubt people will believe it or not. What I saw was dead serious. I was about 11 at the time and my sister was there with me, and she is one year older than me. We were sitting in our room, we shared a room, not fun, and it was night time, I think around 9 pm. We suddenly saw lights flashing outside of our window, we had cream colored curtains up, so seeing lights was pretty easy for us. These weren't normal lights, like a car or police slash fire department. They were multicolored. Flash, all sorts. We looked at each other and started to freak out about what was going on. I, being the boy, was the one having to look since my sister was scared. What I saw was something I did not expect and was completely terrified. I saw a large flat-like object hover over one of my neighbor's houses. It sat there and had multiple lights coming off of it, and also the front of it had smoke, mist, coming out. I was temporarily frozen until my sister tugged at my arm. She then looked out, and we were both terrified and ran to my older sister, who was babysitting us. We told her exactly what we saw and brought her to our room to show her. When she looked out, she got upset at us because there was nothing there. We looked and sure enough, it wasn't there. I have no idea what we saw, but I know what I saw. I have never told anyone this online because I didn't want to sound loony. When I was visiting my dad about 10 years ago, it was about 1 to 2 AM and I was up reading in my room. I felt a strange vibration and things around the room started to move subtly, like there was a tremor. I saw through the blinds that there were multicolored flashing lights. When I peeked out, all I could see were the colors. They were extremely bright and it appeared like it was suspended in a cloud. I got that horrible gut feeling like so many others in these comments have mentioned. 
I instinctively backed away from the window and ran to my dad and stepmom's room. They had it locked because they'd hump like monkeys all the time, and after a few knocks I knew they were dead asleep. I went back to my room and the lights were still there. As I lay in bed, I started to see movement, kind of like when a car passes by a window and you see shadows. But this was something passing directly by my window that was cutting in front of the colored lights. I was absolutely terrified. This all lasted a span of a few minutes, and then, as suddenly as it had started, it was gone. There was dead silence. I stayed up all night. In the morning, I asked my parents if they had heard anything. They hadn't, and I elected not to tell them about it. I think if more people told their honest stories about these occurrences, it could help move us closer to figuring out what it is and how to handle it. When I was a kid, my family was driving home from visiting my grandparents in the country one night. My two younger sisters were asleep, my mom was driving, and I was drifting off. Suddenly, my mom said, what the hell is that? I looked out and above our car was flying this giant triangular ship. It flew above us for a bit and then streaked off. Strangely, my mom and I didn't talk about it or bring it up to anyone else. I remembered it a few years ago and thought maybe I had dreamt it. I was really young at the time and was falling asleep. So I asked my mom if she remembered that time driving home. She did and also couldn't believe she had forgotten it. The only other people I've told this to are my sisters, who were there asleep, and my dad. They all believed me, but they've seen strange things too. I also have a lot of extended family who live out that way, and my dad says a ton of them have seen unexplained stuff like that as well. It may have happened a while ago, but I try not to drive out there at night. I was in navigation in the US Navy, stationed on a LHD, basically an aircraft carrier for the USMC rather than Navy aircraft. Helos and Harriers, and working the night watch. A couple hours into my watch, we get a report from our forward lookout that there's an air contact moving erratically. Our lookouts tend to make mistakes with air contact since they usually just call in the approximates and we get with ops to confirm on radar. Oops, there is nothing on radar. Which is odd, considering we tracked all air contacts. So as we contact the other ships in our group to see if they're running night flight ops, I head topside to check it out myself, since I'm a little better with it than most of the lookouts. There was indeed something in the air moving in ways that I can't explain. The speed was way too fast to be a helo, but the movements, nearly doing a 180 instantly to go back, were not consistent with any aircraft I had ever seen. We watched it for about 10 minutes as it zipped around the night sky from a distance, before it shot off into the night faster than I could believe. I had no clue what it was, and I checked every aircraft I'd ever heard of. We used to go camping in Moab, Utah all the time. We found this awesome campground that was about an hour outside of the town and pretty secluded. 
We went camping in the spring and a huge storm came through around 2 a.m. that drove us out of our tents and into the truck. Once in the truck the storm cleared but it was cold and the tents were soaked. As my husband, mother-in-law and sister-in-law sat in the truck my sister-in-law said look at that moving light. Across the canyon there was a light moving incredibly fast and changing directions quickly. Then another light showed up and we were all pretty scared and drove back to the campground that was less remote. All in all we saw six of these lights and as we drove they would appear on one side of the truck, disappear and then show up on the other side. It was creepy. Fast forward three years and we are camping there again, but just me and my husband and our two dogs. We go to bed for the night in the tent and it is freezing. So cold I wake my husband up so we can get in the truck to warm up. So my husband and one of my dogs is up front and the other dog and myself are in the back seat. It was already kind of creepy because it was early in the year and we had not seen anyone else out in this area. I fell asleep and woke up to my dog from the front seat on my head, shaking, and my husband trying to pull him back up front. Me, what happened? Why is the dog freaking out? Husband, I don't know. He was asleep, woke up, looked out the window, growled, and jumped back there. Me, turn on the lights. Husband turns on the headlights, there is someone in that bush next to the truck. Steps in brakes, I think there is someone behind us too. Me, what are you waiting for, get us out of here. So we went to a hotel for the night. We had to go back to pack up the campsite, and based on what my husband saw the people were naked and about 7 feet tall. The dog spent an extraordinary amount of time smelling the bushes he saw the people in. This was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, and if not for the dog freaking out, I maybe would have just brushed it off.